Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We can change it's like my dreams out of reach. This pain and all this grief. You see God and you have to Yo, I'm Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. What's going on, everybody? This is Pastor Phil, and you are listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets, man, and ladies. Uh, on a Sunday, 9 a.m. Central Time, which is really like the only time that really exists, 10 Eastern Time. Those of you on the East Coast checking us out. And we have been diving deep into um, our experience in Ghana, connecting with various people, interviewing different folks. You've been hearing the conversation we had with Domiti a couple of Sundays ago. You heard Xavier, a conversation we had with Xavier, Joseph. We're going to be meeting with some young men, George and Emmanuel and some other cats just about young men in Ghana for their experience as young cats. Um, and we've been diving into this because we want you to be stressed about your questioning yourself. Xavier said a great point in the last show was you don't even know the question to ask until you get to Africa. I was like, yo, that blew me away. The reality of what you're struggling with, thinking through, frustrated with, recognizing that when you come home, especially to Ghana, you recognize this is why. Now I need to go back and reflect of the questions and the situations of what my life is like. And so today, man, we've been talking about this great organization that took us there, been around for 20 years, been helping folks realize who they really are by going to Ghana and, and really, really uh, returning home as the ancestors from the diaspora to say, yo, I'm back home to reconnect what has been lost. We are here. That's right. We are here with SankofaUS.com, the great organization that has been a leader in empowering other African-Americans to experience a whole new way of understanding themselves. So we got Dr. Lance Davis, um, who uh, is here with us, and Lanise, who uh, is here with us as well, who who will uh, commentate. So just introduce yourself, Doc, uh, and we'll dive into a conversation about Sankofa. Man. Sure. Uh, Pastor Phil, um, I'm going to have Lanise to come on and chime in in a second. But I will say, first of all, thank you uh, for not only having us on uh, this program today, but also thank you for trusting us to allow for you to have that return home experience yes, uh, that yes. you did, that you received. And we consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to escort uh, folks like yourself to uh, the motherland in that way yeah. intentionally. So we really appreciate you. Um, yeah. My name is Lance Davis. I am the uh, previous pastor of uh, New Zion 
Christian uh, Fellowship Church in Dalton, Illinois, and uh, also the former pastor of J. Claude Allen Christian Methodist Episcopal mm. Church in Dixmoor, Illinois, and um, longtime uh, executive of an organization I founded in um, 2000, uh, in 2000, 1999-2000, which is called Book. B-O-O-C, Building Our Own Community, which is mm. contracted with the state of Illinois to provide uh, counseling services and other services, family services uh, for individuals under DCFS care. So, wow. and I'm also the, um, yeah, the co-owner of Sankofa U.S., which you've already um, <laughs> announced and we'll talk about in a little bit. So, yeah, thanks so much, Phil. Man, man, that's a lot. You're doing a lot, man. Uh, so, Madasi, Madasi Pa. Ah, Madasi Pa. <laughs> which we are, uh, which you, you taught me that, which uh, means thank you very much. And we are at the firehouse. We are in Confusing a uh, tree in everything we do. So Wonderful. the staff, I'll say Madasi, they'll be like a shay. They just all the little part <laughs> they'll say a shay. They don't know response. And I'm I'm continuing to grow more. Even talking with Joseph about teaching me some more. Like I said, I want to have a conversation in tweet. I don't want to just throw words at each other. So I'm That's trying to work on that, man. That's so, real good. So what was it that? Um, and and Lanisha will, will, will commentate later. What was it that inspired you to start Sankofa U.S.? What was it that was the motivation? Sure. Um, you know, as a social scientist and a person who has really been engaged in community past the field for years. Um, you know, my ministry started when I was a kid, but I had to work for my dad because he was in business, and so <laughs> I was able to get this strange kind of back. Uh, ground of business and ministry. Um, but the plight of our community, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. Um, many of my friends were either dead or in prison by the time I turned 16 years old. Um, mm -hmm. Was one who turned to hip hop at an early age because mm -hmm. it was a message that told us don't do what the streets are telling us to do. Don't get involved in the things that the world is telling us to do, right? Africa Mabada. What, what, what was one of your groups? What was one of your groups you liked oh, back man, in the day? Grandmaster Fa Flash Woo! and the Furious Five. I mean, we going back. I mean, you know, yeah. we in Africa Mambada and, and Cool Herc, uh, yeah. these guys are yeah. mentors, right? Um, yeah. and, and, and being asked myself to contribute in some hip hop work, um, you know, back in the day, um, because yeah. these were messages that were hijacked by big business True. that turned us True. towards uh, becoming what we eventually became. True. I think that if, in fact, we use music at that time to uh, reintroduce us to where we came from, from mm -hmm. a melanin standpoint, yeah. we talk about people yeah. of color, more specifically yeah. as African-American people, African -American, or people with yeah. African blood and wrong, you know, flowing through our veins. Yes. That if we were taught more about ourselves and the realities of where we came from, as opposed yeah. to skirting that issue, that yeah. most of the social issues and ills that we are confronted with today, we just would not have. And so yeah. going back to your question about where does yeah. Sankofa come from? Sankofa is an Indinkra word that means mm -hmm. return to your roots or yes. return to your roots and take possession of it. And so um, oh. in 2003, 2002, that's what I intentionally did. I, I took that Sankofa journey to Ghana, West Africa, to hmm. Senegal and to Gambia wow. just to discover who I am as a black man. I thought I knew myself 
And I mm. thought I was going to where my ancestors came from and just to have this historical visit. But it ended yeah. up being so much more. And as you said, uh, you know, uh, someone um, retorted earlier in one of the earlier broadcasts about um, that you don't know the questions to ask until you Man. go to Africa. Exactly. That's why I think it's important for a person uh, not to necessarily uh, chime in too quickly about what, um, you know, what Africa is or is not for them until Come they've on. actually gone. Exactly. Uh, so I, I know you're going to uh, ask uh, uh, Madam Lanise a little bit about herself at this time, but yes. just wanted to make sure that we started out with that in that vein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lanise, how are you? I'm fine. Good, good, good. Share <laughs> with me why um, you were involved in getting uh, Sankofa started. So honestly, I can't say that I got it started. I do have to give all of those um, props to Bishop Davis. Um, but what I will say is the reason I got involved, um, honestly, initially when he would come back from Africa, because um, that's the only way I knew of it at the time, it was <laughs> always something different about him. It was more um, insightful, more intuitive, more exciting, and just really intriguing. And I wanted to 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 have that. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I really encouraged him to allow me to tag along one time and uh, he allowed me to do that. And ever since then, it's, it's really like um, a calling. It's like a, a ministry um, in a way and wanting people to understand that um, Ghana going there, you're not looking for yourself, but you find so many um, things about you that you didn't know that it helps you to determine uh, who you want to be. Wow. So, you know, it's just, just a, a longer way of saying, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to, to find out uh, who you are. But um, but, yeah, it's it, it's that important to me. And that was why I wanted to get involved and um, and keep it going and open it up to, to so many others to yeah. have experience. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. So it was it started uh now, like 20 some odd years ago or thereabouts. Um, and how many trips have been, have happened? Would you say a guesstimation, would you say? I, I, I'm assuming I mean, like, if you ask, I mean, it's over, you know, I stopped counting after 50. Right, right, yeah, right, so right, I, right. I really couldn't, I really couldn't. Hundreds, hundreds of people, hundreds of people have been, been through, through, sure. through the whole movement of Sankofa sure. and bringing, uh, uh, folks there is predominantly African American, right? I think when, when you told me that there's um, an effort and COVID trying to get one percent of African Americans, right, to go to Ghana, all of the all of the world, right? Africans, not just Chicago, one percent of Chicago, but African Americans. Uh, why is why is that important? Why is that significant? I mean, white folks can go, but it's a different kind of uh, uh, experience. But we'll talk about that too in a second, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, well, I would answer. Um, and yes, white folks need to go. So everybody needs to go. This is just a part of history that uh, we don't hear. and We don't get from from the United States. But, um, man, I don't know. I guess even, you know, kind of referring back to Joseph, who was on the show, um, just his ideas of the concept of westernized education. Mm. Um, it's just so important for us to uh, to hear the story from some. I mean, we're only hearing it from one side, right? 
only hear it from one side, even though it's all these different people. You hear it all throughout elementary school. You hear stuff even <laughs> from our families, but you're only hearing it from this side. Once right. you go on the other side and hear the stories and hear, um, well, the facts, the history right. of what happened, you you definitely have to take the the two sides of it and weigh against each other. And your heart tells you what what's what happened. You feel exactly. it and you feel it there. So, yeah, you, you go right to the source and the source is telling you what happened. You got to struggle with that. Like like the, the the repetition of what you've been taught in American history has always been from the powers that be down. And yeah. therefore, you then have to say, am I going to just, no, nah, it can't be. Did the man say that all Europeans are this, this, and this in the, in the, in the castle? What? What does that mean? So you, if, if, you, if you can be open to recognize that your stuff was warped from the jump street, so when you come, you can be like, I got to, I, this is what was missing. This is what was missing, you know, in that, in that reality. Yeah. yeah so Pastor Phil, and, and to go along with what uh, Lanice just talked about, we have this, this quote that we always engage in uh, from James Baldwin that says to be born in a free land and not be born free is to be born into a lie. So it is important for us to be able to help each other understand that we're great people and we're intelligent people. We're not inherently violent people. But the reality is, is that we must understand that uh, we are a people that came from some place. And to be born in the land where we came out of slavery, right, to say that that's your genesis, Slavery is your genesis. Slavery is your existence. You're defined then by chattel enslavement, by an institution created by men. And so we get a chance to visit the true history of what happened, the great Mayatha, right? The great tragedy that occurred to a segment of society um, that was used in order to make nations wealthy. But then Um, I know you've got to wrap up for this segment, but just the fact that folks are trying to bury that history even today yes, yes, yes. tells us that there's much that still needs to be revisited. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Anytime that's the case, names are removed, uh, 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 towns that were uh, buried in water and, and, and floods so that there's no history with that town anymore. Um, that history is no longer there. You don't drive through that town and see what is that place because it's buried now because of all the hatred that was there in the midst of that. You know, sure. um, you know, we are we are here on SankofaUS.com. The great leaders who are influential in bringing um, this whole uh, uh, travel movement to uh, African Americans, uh, White Americans, uh, Asian Americans, Latino to experience. Um, the great history that has been missed in schools. Um, and so our whole effort this month is to awaken us as followers of Christ. What is our responsibility? And we'll get into that in, in, in the next show, next section with it, when it comes to owning the, 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 the history of, of Ghana. You know, church on the Block, real talk about hip hop, the church in the streets. We'll be right back. You're listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip hop, the church in the streets, Holy Culture Radio, CSXM 154. Come right back. We got more in store. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yo, we are back, man. We are Church on the Block Real Talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Holy Culture Radio, Channel 154, Sirius XM. And, you know, we are diving into Black History Month, not talking about the things that we know. Um, you know, George Washington Carver, beautiful history, powerful experiences. But we want to dive into stuff that may agitate you in the fact that we have been taught inappropriately that 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 uh, Africans became kidnapped, tortured, and were now tagged as inhumane and 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 they inhumane torture but they they were non-humans and but they were africans first right um my man um xavier had a powerful quote he said slavery did not define african history it interrupted it Woo! <laughs> that's why you get the big bucks that's why you get the big bucks but <laughs> xavier uh, was bringing that out in light of the the level of ownership in the um, uh, uh, African culture of who they are and the direction that they're trying to move into. Um, and so many times, like the church has seen Africa as we got to bring God to, to Africa from African-American churches to white churches. We got to bring God. God ain't there yet until uh, we come and bring our drum lessons <laughs> to Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So I, go, I mean, I may be going, you know, some extreme and, and craziness, but what would you say has been your experience as, you know, SankofaUS.com? I'm going to keep saying that because y'all need to go right now while I'm talking and check it out and see the, and see the trips they got going on. Uh, if they don't got one on the dates, you go and call them and see if they can work some out. But um, the reality is, is that the body of Christ, those who claim to be followers of Christ, I don't know, to me, may have the may have the weakest uh, movement as it pertains to sparking uh, a real redemption of American uh, history by bridging that. What, what would you say is, is you, or what is your experience when it comes to the African-American church, African-American uh, believers, followers of Christ and their uh, pushback or their welcoming of engaging in Ghana and Africa? I think the bishop should answer that question first. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that uh, I thought that I would be able to just pass that on to you, Madeline. Uh, but I, I will. But go, you, I, you're more educated in this. <laughs> yeah. No, I I will tell you it is a subject that I that is uh, near and dear to my heart. Not because I like uh, that that reality. But because I think that that's what really needs to be exposed. So I really appreciate you, Pastor Phil, for even bringing that out in that way. We have to keep in mind that the majority of folks who were uh, spreading the gospel around the globe to black nations, African nations in the 1930s or 40s were African-American people. They weren't white. They were not European. They Uh were black. So because of the work uh, against uh, African-American missionaries by at the hands of white evangelicals in the United States who had their own missionaries in Africa, were already uh, promulgating a narrative about black folks in America to Africans. And so what happened is, and you can do your homework on this one, what happened is, is that then white evangelicalism in America was able to then influence policy, as has happened in many other uh, eras of our time, 
and the policy then made it so that it was impossible for African-Americans to get approval to travel to African countries oh, by our wow. own country, right? Like, wait, wait, stop. It, Are y'all hearing that? Like, that's like when, when we do open mics, we always say rewind if the bars were so cold. That was significant. I'm going to hopefully do it some justice. African-Americans, in the, you said 30s and 40s. Yes. In Africa, sharing the gospel, loving on folks who, again, God is already in Africa. It's not that we finding we're just coming alongside where God is already working at in those spaces. You're saying then that they came back, African-Americans who are doing uh, uh, missional work, building churches, building with believers there, coming back, telling white folks what was going on. White folks then then made it harder for African-American. Am I right with that? No, no. Actually, it is uh, white. Uh, missionaries in Africa that did not like and still to this day don't like the presence of African Americans oh, being goodness. in West Africa. Wow. Now, I'm not saying I'm not pouring salt on white brothers and sisters just because I don't like the fact that they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for us to understand that the narrative and the negative narrative mm. of African Americans that has been perpetuated to Africans came from white missionaries. It didn't come from other African Americans, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. And then much of what we learned about West Africa came from white missionaries who were here or white institutions were here. Right. So there was a divide. There's this divide that goes way beyond 40, 50 years. Exactly. This is a divide Ooh. that has been there for some time. Man. So we collect have to say that we've been both miseducated and the only way that we can be properly educated is to intentionally educate ourselves about the about that future about that past that had been presented as being truth when in fact it was a lie wow wow that's deep that's good that's good and that's why the work of sankofa uh us.com is to continue to awaken that that community, that juggernaut, that untapped resource. I mean, the, the, the people which we'll talk about a little bit who've gone and come back. And then your conversation about how awakened they are by the reality of what they've experienced. It's like, this is the awakening we were trying to get you to come for 10 years ago, right? And, and so that there in that 10 year span, you could have created a whole other pathway and another movement. But for me, even, and even our leaders who went, um, and even the community that you guys created when we went are still impacted and still trying to be in conversation, trying to, what can we do? How can we make things happen? I'm, I'm getting necklaces from a man, a Kwame. Um, I'm bugging a niece about how do we do this? And she, I don't want to talk to this light skin. So the, the, uh, the movement of, of just a glimpse of that, like we got to do more. It's got to be something more and organically finding what that is so that we can be that healing force in that space. But that's what's freaking missing because we're not there. We're not there. Lanice? Yeah, I'm just, I wanted to, to jump in and say that, you know, it, it is amazing because you, you have this wide gamut of people that need to, to know. You have people mm. that just go. We've had people that just went because their wife said, this is where we go. <laughs> Oh, I mean, amazingly had something you, to, phenomenal to say about the trip and was like, this is the best trip I've ever been on in my life. Mm-hmm. So but, but what I want to say is when when people make the decision to go, it's almost like the parable of the, the seeds being sown. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you have some and, and, you know, they fall by the wayside. You have some that germinate real quickly, but then, you know, don't really last long. And then you have those that make it and get a little deeper. And then you have those that are just in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So when we, it's, it's hard on this level because we get excited too. I mean, it's like, right. yeah, let's go, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but, but the call part is what governs us in, in, in a sense. And I'm, I might be speaking too much on behalf of Bishop, but I feel like the, the call part is what governs us a little bit because we're in a period where the education has to go forward. I mean, when I look at, you know, just in history, there was an era when this was important. Uh, Afrocentricity was the thing. Right. It's, it's happened. It's happened twice in my lifetime, right? I was a 70s baby, so I was mm. there. My mom had an Afro. And then we went through it a little bit with the hip-hop season and yeah. everybody was wearing the beads. And, uh-huh. you know, right? <laughs> So, you know, what? why does it die? What happens? How come when we get this momentum? It's go- I think it's an amazing time right now because of the excitement of Afrobeats. The music is in there. Ghana right. itself did an amazing, phenomenal job in promoting tourism and people coming there. And it was great. So the part that, that governs is like trying to keep the fuel, the fire going for those people that are ready to just jump in it and, and start these economic channels, which we need. Because right. that's the only way that we're going to survive in the future. Right. And then you know, the people that have gone and they're kind of like stuck, like, oh, my God, I just feel like my whole life has been a lie. Mm. So, you know, by us, we're kind wow. of in the middle of all of that. So it's, right. it's like you know, trying to care for everybody in the middle that um, had the experience on this side of the trip, you know, getting, getting everybody to go. That's a whole nother story. Ooh, but yeah. You know, yeah, after we've come back, it's it's just such a, a wide range of emotions that people have and, and we're trying to to manage all of that and the right. uh, fuel going that, that's that's very true uh Lenise. i mean i would like to and i don't know what plans you guys have or whatever way we can the firehouse i mean we we do art so we about to go crazy we one of our young men is 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 responsible for that black history blackhawks program on uh, february the 10th um, we're going to be, he did, he designed the Blackhawks black history Jersey, the practice Jersey. And wow. he, they, they gave him some loot and we didn't know they're going, we should, we should attack some a little bit more on the money, but that's a whole nother conversation. But, uh, we didn't know it in enough time, but in a context of his design is going to be there. And the graphic of that game on that February the 10th is going to be all about his design. And we're going to do some lift every voice by, by pastor Hatch's church is going to sing. And so there's some things that are there and there's a block party we're having at five o'clock. And, um, I was like, yo, black folks do more than a block party. Now we got to make sure we don't recognize black history when we turn up. So that's the whole conversation, but it's going to be, it's going to be a different way. And we'll grow with that space. But I'm saying our effect of it is we want to, we want to infiltrate, we want to infiltrate art all throughout the neighborhood. So I'm saying that in light of, However, we can, hey, Phil, let's do some think tanks when folks come back and we have a discussion. We have ways in which to execute this this energy that you've come back from, from Ghana. Hey, Southside leaders, how can we come together? Whatever it means, because we got to create an intentional, to me, y'all been doing this forever. I ain't saying nothing, y'all already know. But what you've taught us, there's got to be an intentional way in which folks from the diaspora are the healing forces back to Africa, Even, even for the Ghanaian leaders, like, this is the key for that for that healing space where those in the diaspora come back home, recognize uh, where they've come, recognize the authority that they can walk in that has been beat out of, killed, you know, whipped out of, uh, uh, racialized, and step into their power in that space so that there can be uh, a bridge. And so I, I offer that, and I know you guys may have a ton of ideas. I just want to walk with you with those ideas, not come up with my own, but uh, but yeah, just welcome that space. But I think that's. That's so key because what do I do with this now? 
Mm-hmm. Then what do I do with this? Do I, mm-hmm. You know, like like even folks who were in the castle who were who were laughing were like, I'm going to choke them. White folks who were laughing in, inside the castle, like, stop laughing. So do I take that to America and be like, stop laughing at Black History Program? I mean, do I, what do I do now? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's just, just that energy to move in that space. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Phil. You know, you mentioned the word healing. I, I think that, that that it really is an operative word here that we need to really focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when you look at uh, the worldwide perception of African-Americans, um, you have DIMP. I've talked about this before, right? right. Disease, ignorance, murder, and poverty. Mm-hmm. And outside of special, you know, uh, athletes and uh, <laughs> actresses and actors, we're only known for those four. And even in those four, when we look at disease, when we look at sickness, you look at the same statistics that, that have been true for two, three decades. Right. And that is black women are more likely to die because of complications from breast cancer. Black men are more likely to die because of complications due to diabetes. Right. And it goes on and on and on. And I have never seen our country engage in a seven year or 10 year or 20 year plan to make it so that that's not the case any longer. The other thing is that we've been looking at black on black crime that's been increasing every, I mean, exponentially, exponentially. And as a society and as a system, we've never said we've got a seven year plan or a 10 year plan to make it so that another black boy doesn't shoot another black boy over a senseless crime. And so you can only operate in a state of real confusion and skepticism when you're living in a place that won't put an end to something that is endable. Mm -hmm. The thing that we need to keep in mind is that the sickness, when you begin to look at the sickness, we believe, Lanise and I, that through a proper Sankofa um, experience, that you can begin the healing process internally, which is why I believe that people are more likely to die from complications due to childbirth if they're a black woman as opposed to anyone else because they're dealing with trauma yeah. they're dealing with some 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 serious um I would say um, violence that has occurred, yeah. right? I mean, me growing up on the West side, yeah. I've seen violence before I was nine or 10 years old. Right. What do we do with that? Mm-hmm. And when we go to Ghana, it's an intentional way of recognizing, yes, we've been lied to, right. but most importantly for right now, we need to be healed internally yeah. so that we can be of some social good when we go back. Right. Right. I mean, the reality of even you're talking about uh, African-American women, uh, the assumption even medically has been proven at times where that black women can take more pain than uh, white sure. women. And even my daughter, they had to they had to engage the nurse in her first childbirth and a second childbirth too. like, no, I'm in pain right now. Okay, And they didn't come back for a minute. So her husband had to go and say, what's the deal? My wife is wanting this. And it's like, yo, this is ridiculous. I don't know what the consequence of what this pain is meaning to my child and to me personally, but this is not the case. I mean, fortunately, she had a midwife who was able to kind of advocate as well, but like, what if that wasn't the case? What if it's just somebody off the street just hey, I'm dead, had his baby and uh, so who knows how many other complications and problems have happened because of those assumptions. So here, here you go, then in an African country where everybody's looks like you, right? Like, And, and it's connected with you and I would, I would believe health-wise that there's a deeper awareness of what African and African-American uh, are connected with health. So we know prior to when the woman comes in for the, for, to have a baby or a man comes in for this other exam, what to expect because there's an, already a cultural norm that's welcome and embraced, not suspected and projected on folks. But I mean, that's just the, that's just the daggum beauty of it all. Right. And you wish and desire, like what you just said, if there was a 10 year plan. 
purposefully and, and, and money put toward it, there would be uh, a depth of healing, of healing restoration and, and purposefulness. And then this is not what we do anymore. This is how we flow. And, and then what do we substitute with that, uh, uh, that impact, you know? Lenise, you had a comment? We just weren't. We just, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Lenise. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I mean, you were talking about women's issues. So I was just kind of like trying to be quiet. <laughs> well, I'm not a woman, so I wasn't all conversation. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, definitely it's it's always um, the suspicion factor that comes in. And when, when that is removed by being in, in Ghana, because, you know, you can't I mean, that that just always kind of creeps in is are they doing me this way because I'm black? Are they treating me this way because I'm a woman? And when you're in Ghana, um, at least one of those is, is taken away. Right. We want right. to that it's not, you know, I don't have to be suspicious about if my health is a priority to you because I'm a black person. But yeah, that's all I was going to add. I know my, my, my mom always said to me, especially when I started getting fights at school, all white Catholic high school, um, you know, white folks never have to ask themselves what it's like to be white wherever they go. That's a question you have to ask yourself wherever you go. I was like, dang, can I pass the chicken? Can you pass the chicken? Like, <laughs> like she just said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. Is, what? Pastor Chicken? Man, yo, you listen to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets, man. We in it. We in it. Wait till we come back. We got some challenges on the table. Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Welcome back, y'all. Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets, man. Holy Culture Radio Channel 154, Sirius XM, and we are in it. And I hope that over the series of time we've been talking about black history that you have learned and been challenged by a way of thinking. A lot of the folks we've interviewed and talked to who've been on the trip or on the trip with us, ourselves included, are feeling brand new in the context of who we are and who we became and are becoming from going to Africa, not just from only the things we did, but what we learned, but what we felt. I mean, Maya Angelou said, not people going to remember what you said, what you paid, um, what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel, right? And so that's, I believe, what we perhaps may not have, we may have a small glimpse of it, but not really the totality of understanding that uh, when we came. And that was transformal, transformal, that's a new word, look it up, transformational to us as we went, anticipating going to expect something. I've been to Kenya, but not on a trip like this. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, what happens on a trip? Is somebody going to book a trip? And how do you know or what you've experienced when epiphanies arise? And what, what have you seen? And then what has been some of the pushback, you know, from different folks? I ain't going to go to Africa. You know, I'm I'm, I'm African-American. I'm Or whatever things may be of why folks wouldn't want to journey. So I'm going to book a trip, SankofaUS.com. What, what, what would be expected? What what would be expect if you reach out and you want to do a trip there? There's so many reasons why people want to go. So I don't I don't mm. want to get into that, I but I, I will start here. So we are a normal travel agency. We can do trips to Miami. We could do Hawaii. We could do Japan, whatever. But we don't do that. We <laughs> like we did all of the work so that we could be. I had a certified travel agency, got all the insurance, did all the, the stuff that we needed to do. But we only exclusively do trips to Ghana, West Africa right now anyway. And the reason is because that's part of what the awakening um, Mm. that we feel that that our people need, because that's that's what's important right now. It's not just for the money. It's not for us to do. It's because we want our community to be healed. And this is 
major impressive way to do it. And it's simple. Um, now, anybody can go to Ghana. I mean, this is this is part of my regular sales pitch, right? If, yeah. if you call yeah. it that. But anybody can go to Ghana. We do not own the rights to who can go to Ghana. We don't say don't go with nobody else. We want you to go. But I'm saying that specifically. <laughs> thank you. Me too. <laughs> have, have, right. so I, I'm on the bandwagon to us. Come with us. But we have specifically um, designed the trip. It's kind of in a way like reverse engineering, right? So we intentionally set the the tour up the way that we do because we want to walk backwards through the process. That's just part part of it. Um, and it is intentional. The times that we have breaks, the days where we go to W.E.B. Du Bois versus going to Asimanso, those mm. there. There is a reason why we set the trip up in this order. Yeah, it's a moneymaker. People are going to Ghana right now. That's just the end thing. And you have these companies that are just getting you to go and they send you and you might get a good tour guide. You might not. You might like the hotel. You might not. That's not what we're in the business of doing. Exactly. We're in the business of taking people to Ghana, West Africa, so that they can have this experience of learning it's not just a trip. It's not a vacation. People don't even know what to describe it as sometimes. They're like, <laughs> this is, this is, it just was different. You're going to have every single emotion that has right. been given to you by our blessed Lord. You will feel that. Yes. And want to make sure that you are in an environment of people that can help you walk through that when you when you do have those different emotions, the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. So that's why the, the trip is, is so different. And we set it up that way intentionally because we need people to come to a reckoning. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a trip with a guy who said, you know, I don't never cry. Mm -hmm. I never cry. And, you know, this trip has got me people who are introverts that don't really talk, get them along with a camera and just allow them to say, you know, wow. to express themselves. And they have you going for 12 or 13 minutes, just straight, just trying to go through experiences that they had and what they felt when they I mean, it's it's an amazing trip and um, not not trying to get too far off of, uh, you know, go no, you with on it. You're on it. No, exactly <laughs> what we need to hear. Yeah need you we need you to understand why you're going you don't just go to say that you've gone you have to go so that you can experience these things so that you can have a, a better understanding of what who you are when you come back so it's traveling with the intention with a purpose that's what makes it different than a vacation yes you want to relax you're going to get that and when you go on vacation you do yeah keep going to cancun and all that kind of stuff but if you want to understand a little bit more about you your family how you can make this community a better place, yeah. you should go to Ghana, West Africa, especially if you are African-American. Yes. And the beauty about what you're talking about is that, yeah, you could travel and you could be an agency that does all these things, but because you specialize in uh, that particular uh, country and mm -hmm. it's like, it's like I am a point guard. I dribble. I do not I pass. I, I focus on that. I can the best dribbler in the country. It's like that particular person. That's who you want on your squad. They know they got the they got the game on lock. Not mm -hmm. I can play center and forward. You kind of, you know, you kind of a hodgepodge. So because of that and the length of time y'all have been doing this over twenty years, there are people you know. There are places to go that if I'm trying to do it myself piecemeal, it's gonna be like I'm I'm Google it. We in the alley though. I thought this. <laughs> 
We, I'm here. Well, the, the car gone. The car gone. Well, well, you know what I mean? Now you're like, oh, you just spent half your time trying to uh, reverse what you thought was going to be a good. And you don't know if it's uh, the company still around. You Google it, whatever it might be. But all the work has been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to throw my, uh, my African uh, brothers under the bus. But in the context of what fears people may have in America, like, are they right. still around? Is this, my money going to be good or whatever? And so all those particular things have already been done. So all you got to do is pay the fee. Uh, and everything's been done. And the fee and reasonable uh, compared to you trying to piecemeal the joint, right? You piecemeal it, you're going to be paying out the wazoo. You probably never come back to Africa yet to piecemeal it. You'll be like, yo, they called me. I had to put a, right? I had to put a lien on my house. And no, it ain't going to be that way. It's a beautiful, uh, the cost justifies the, 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 the place. And I'm going to say it, it's four or five star hotels because they know how, I, I'm going to say that how black folks, how African-Americans going to be traveling. <laughs> that, that toilet paper don't work. Why the, why the toilet don't flush? You know how we can be. So it is powerful that you can go be exhaustively emotionally drained, go back to a hotel room and rest, not worry about sleeping in a, a, a particular place that you're uncomfortable. Now you don't get no rest. Now you got to go back tomorrow morning. None of that. Cause that's right. We reckon that they, there's all kinds of space they can put you in. If you want that homegrown experience, you know, heavy, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I encourage you to dive into that for real, because it creates a safe space without saying it's a safe space in order for you to be whole and heal so that you can figure out what am I feeling right here? And, mm-hmm. and how do I build upon this and how do I take this and re- find the redemption in God in the midst of it for me to be that, that agent of change in that context. So what is it that, it, what is it, what is it that you would say either of you guys about <clears throat> the epiphanies or the uh, aha moments and the, the awakening that you've seen and experienced? What, what testimonies would you give uh, about some of that? Lenise, she's been able to see people, you know, I'm a pragmatist. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking at people who are having these awakening a moment, these moments, uh, thinking strategically, uh, Lanice is able to process that a little bit more um, in a uh, in a real time way. So, Lanice, why don't I, we'll hear from you on that? Okay. Well, yeah, some of the epiphanies. Um, there's there's epiphanies all throughout. Right. I mean, if I could just give one away um, is, you know, about Dr. Kwame Nkrumah and the amazing stuff that he's done. And um, one of the most common one is, uh, man, how come I never heard about him? Wow. Yeah. That's that's one of the the common ones. Um, Say who he is. Say who he is so people know. Kwame Nkrumah is the first um, president of Ghana, West Africa. He is the one who actually initiated the movement of unifying Africa um, by Ghana gaining its independence, being the first African country to gain its independence from its colonial, um, from the British colonial. Uh, And he ended up being a mentor to the movement of African-American of our um, uh, movement here with uh, Martin Luther King and with uh, even with Malcolm X. He's mm. been in conversation with both of them, all of our amazing leaders. Um, I mean, I want to say anybody who was anybody in the civil rights movement went to Ghana or had some type of learning or experience uh, that was led by Dr. Kwame Nkrumah because of his boldness and him being able to initiate them um, 
uh, gaining their independence from the Brits. It was just, he's a phenomenal person. I, I yeah. mean, it's like, oh, you can't even talk about Africa mm. uh, and Pan-African movement without knowing who he is. It's right. like, he, he's like, like how we know who Malcolm, uh, Martin Luther King is and Malcolm right. X, that matter. We, you know who Dr. Kwame and Kruger right. when you right. talk about Pan African right. and in that movement, yeah. so um, so yeah, so that that is the first thing that people find out. Um, and then his unfortunate the coup that happened. That's another right. aha moment for people, and they're just kind of you know stuck at that. But going into maybe more on the personal side for people because they're they're more appalled about that stuff, right? Like a, the the coup yeah. was sponsored by United States, right? It was some influence by United States on the coup. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's important to cover. Yeah, uh, because when people ask the question, "Why have I never heard of this man?" <laughs> it's important for us to recognize right. that as a country, we've removed him from our history books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've removed him from the 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 public discourse, mm-hmm. right? Intentionally, because yes. he started the movement yes. of liberation against colonial rule. Not just in Ghana, he said, I've sown the seed and it will germinate. Yes. And 16 other West African countries shortly thereafter were broken free and uh, from their colonial rule. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That- so go ahead, Lenise. And it goes, I mean, it, it goes, it goes on from there. Um, but question was, what are some of the epiphanies and, you know, moments, uh, aha moments that people experience? Um, that's one, but. Again, you know, the way the trip is set up, that's led to lead people to want to understand and know more. Right. Um, We won't go too far into that. But what we will what what people experience when they go to the dungeons. Yeah. They call them the slave castles. We refer to them as the slave dungeons because we're going down um, and we want to make sure that we understand how people internalize it and that we're there to support them through that. Yeah. So many different emotions that people have. So when they have these epiphic moments like this really happened and I'm actually in the place and I actually stand on the blood and the soil and the sweat and the tears and all of that, people get angry. Yeah. Sometimes you get angry. I I didn't cry. My first couple of tours to um, Ghana, I think it was maybe the third one. I finally broke down and cried. Mm. But the first three, I was angry. Right. The second one, I mean, I just was even more mad. I was upset. But seeing, seeing people that get there for the first time and they cry. Yeah. Um, some people get there for the first time. They're just, you know, utterly upset. Some people get there and, they, you know, they're taking selfies. You know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. But for a lot of those people, once we finally get through the whole tour because of the way that it's designed, that's when they kind of realize that, Oh my God, something has happened and something happened to me, especially Asimaso. I don't think anybody makes it to Asimaso without feeling anything. Yeah. Yeah. The last bath. Mm -hmm. Yes. Of course. Of course. I mean, if I, I I was going to throw my phone at somebody, I just wanted to get in the water, my entire body, like just to get in, like to be one incarnational with the pain and the suffering of uh, of the Africans who went through that last bath um, in the midst of that. I will when I go back again. I'm gonna, like, Amen. Amen. Phone or no phone, but because um, yeah. I think the water was kind of low when we went. It was okay. Russia, 
but it was it was pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I done took a bath in in small water and in, in less than that water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Bishop, what would you say? What would you say? Uh, I mean, in, in light of the time we got left, encouraging people uh, who have never gone, never thought about it, or people who thought about it but hesitant. What would you say? Sure. Um, what we have done is organized and orchestrated trips that are for. Uh, people to engage in an intentional return, not just a trip to Africa. This is a, an intentional return. My great-great-grandfather was a runaway slave. Mm. His beginning, his origins did not start in Missouri on a slave plantation. Right. His beginnings started in a place called West Africa, in these kingdoms. They weren't separated or bifurcated by these demarcation lines of Ghana, Togo, Burkina Faso, Mali. These were kingdoms. And if you think about the Ashanti kingdom that covers most of Ghana, that was a kingdom that was at war with the British for 100 (laughs) years. And you as an American have no idea that a 100-year battle existed between the British Empire and the Asante King. That's crazy. <laughs> These are things you'll only know when you go. So we want for folks to know that this intentional return is not just a retentional uh, intentional return. Like Lenise said, um, yes, it's important for you to know yourself. If you think that your genesis, your beginning started in slavery, right. then that's a very low human bar. Yeah. But if you recognize that you are coming from an ancestral pool that was able to survive right. the transatlantic slave trade, yeah. that ought to do something to Definitely. you internally. Definitely. And then, of course, learning the history, because without learning the true history, right. we don't know what our nation and what other nations are capable of doing. So I Man. really appreciate you having us on just this, to talk this, about uh, who we are at Sankofa U.S. and uh, and what we really want to see happen in 1%. That's assuming that 99% of African-Americans are really okay with the way <laughs> things going. 1% is 420,000 people that we want to impact yeah. Sankofa U.S. Well, how can people catch up with you? What's the, the website? www.sankofaus.com. That's S like a Sam, A-N-K-O-F like Frank, A-U-S.com. Check it out. Check it out. Yo, this is a blessing to be with you all. We're going to have a long relationship together. we got more to do with our work, with our community here. But uh, grateful for you being on the show with us. And we're going to talk more as opportunity presents itself with our show. Dropping bars. There was a young man, he was at a church, had a cowboy hat on and some boots and spurs and everything else. And and uh, the church was kind of surprised what he was wearing. He came to church and he came on in, sat down. All the congregation and the leaders came to the pastor and said, hey, you need to talk to dude. He can't be wearing that at church. Like, what has he got on? Um, so the pastor said, okay, I'll talk to him. And so, man, uh, you know, after church, uh, back in the back, the pastor met him and said, hey, uh, thank you for coming out, man. And how did you come? And so, well, you know, I, I, you know, I just want to come and visit. He said, you know, next time, you know, uh, I want you to pray about what to wear when you come to church. Just pray about it. See if the Lord leads you to wear the same thing or what. I mean, he thought it was a peculiar ass, but he's like, okay. So the man shows up the next Sunday, same outfit on, same gear. Go through the same service, everything. And pastor come to him and after him was like, man, I thought you prayed and asked God, like, like what to wear when you come back to church? He said, I did pray. He said, well, what did God say? God said, I ain't never been to that church. I don't know what to wear. 
<laughs> the reality of our life, oftentimes in our walk with the Lord, we put things on God that God never intended. God accepts you right where you are. And even in this understanding, the mystery of who you are as an African and African-American, God wants to expound upon your own history so that you can be whole um, as his child, as his son, and as his daughter. Yo, Pastor Phil, Church on the Block, real talk about hip hop, the church and the streets. We back next Sunday, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 Eastern Time. Peace, we out. Tell them it's crazy in these streets. Tell them it's crazy in these streets. If you see God, you